I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast by the Takshashila Institution. We are a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like bringing fresh perspectives to Indian affairs and Indian perspectives to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hello and welcome to another episode of All Things Policy. I am Pranay Kotesthane and I have with me Anupam Manur. Anupam, you have been on two, three budget panels over the last week and everyone's been talking about the union budget. So that it would be a waste of our time and our listeners' time to also talk about the same things. So let's talk about something different. I want to talk about why we shouldn't be paying so much attention to the budget that we currently do. Whoa, <laughs> okay. That will be something truly new because we, we've kind of discussed this before that the union budget does get a lot of attention um, from everyone. I mean, the media, it's a big media spectacle yeah. uh, is what it is. So, okay, let me know why shouldn't we care about yeah. the budget. So, you know, first things first, you know, I mean, budget is supposed to be an account statement. Okay. Yeah. So, budget just says that last year, this is what we promised. These are our revised numbers and this is what we promise in the next year. These, these are the allocations that we promise. Okay. It's that. But budget is actually a spectacle, as you said, to announce a lot of things. Okay. And those announcements need not be made in the budget. The economic policy is made throughout the year, not on 1st February of the year. Right. So that's something we should keep in mind. You're absolutely right on that front. I I, I get uh, slightly ticked off by the expectations of policy announcements uh, during the budget time. Um, any of those announcements, you, you can take this particular uh, budget session, you could see all the things that they announced. I guarantee you that every single one of those announcements could have been done on any random day of the year. I mean, it could have been done on April 17th, for all I care. Yeah. You don't need to use the budget as a springboard for announcing your new policy initiatives. Yeah, I think, uh, let's look at it historically. Maybe... It is good in a way that so many people are clued into the budget because in a sense, it is at least one event where what government is doing uh, that on for on that one day, a lot of people are invested in hearing that on governance issues, right? We are not talking about random things. I think you're grossly mistaken, Pranay. Okay. Everyone gives attention to the budget only for part B. No one cares about part okay. A. I mm-hmm. mean, the media will cover it in, in some sense, but ordinary citizens are clued into the budget only for part B, which is on personal taxes. Okay. And mm-hmm. for me, even that, you don't really need to do that because, well, you that is where, you know, comparative advantage will come in let your CA watch the budget and find out what are the new methods and then you just pay the CA yeah anyways you have to pay yeah <laughs> okay yeah no uh, so th- that's a good point I think the success of a budget would be when the budget doesn't get discussed yeah. with this close uh, <laughs> scrutiny right it because it will mean that actually we are doing economic policy through the year so let's come to that announcements point itself for example i was just looking very quickly through the education part of the budget okay and there was one very good announcement there about how government is trying to bring in uh, is going to bring in fdi in for high quality higher education yeah. in india okay now that's a great step right 
बट दिस अनाउंसमेंट हैज नथिंग देर इज नो लाइक अ बजट नंबर दैट यू आर गोइंग टू पुट इन द फाइनल स्टेटमेंट एंड दिस नीडेंट हैव टू बी डन इन द बजट स्टेटमेंट लाइक एमओ एच आर डी कुड हैव डन दिस लास्ट ईयर इज वेल राइट सो इट नीडेंट बी अ बिग स्पेक्टिकल अनाउंसमेंट इन द बजट या यू आर एब्सोल्यूटली राइट आई मीन इफ on that same count let me take it further uh, they had policy initiatives with regard to i think foreigners uh, coming to india and studying in, in the higher kind of ranked educational institutions mm. and so on none of this had to be discussed in a budget in fact those are you know rules and regulations which you need to discuss uh, you know bring out in a gazette and then do all of the random uh, the actual stuff but yeah you didn't have to discuss that in the budget at all exactly mm-hmm. yeah so that's one reason okay what's the second reason so second reason that we should discuss is first of all most of the things that you worry about are not spent on by the union government as such or at least a state governments have a significant role to play in that right, right. so overall 60% of india's expenditure happens through state governments right okay so we are obsessed with this union budget on a day which only spends 40% and in the states that we stay in actually like if you are in maharashtra karnataka the states which have higher per capita gsdp the state spending far exceeds that of the union government per resident so for example uh, karnataka i can tell you uh, union government spending per resident would be around 14000 per year uh, whereas the state government spending would be around 24000 per year. right that's quite a huge yeah, and difference. for maharashtra it will be even higher so right. anyway so the idea is that we should be focused on the state budgets the second reason why i say so is because uh, constitutionally the social infrastructure rests with the state government at least they have a, pr- a priority role to play there so for example health education education is now moved to concurrent but still states have a big role to play so the things that matter to you most are actually spent on by the state government or your city governments so looking at the union government on to see how health is going to go and how education is going to go is not a great idea yeah there is i think a disproportionate amount of interest in the union budget Uh, as against yeah the state or uh, city city level budgets are a joke i mean most cities and municipal corporations do not have a good well functioning and publicly available budget but nonetheless at least state governments yes as you say a lot of things i mean uh, even for agriculture for example if you looked at in this particular budget they had 16 kind of uh, step program uh, for agriculture and the funny thing is that agriculture is again a state subject right and that is what uh, they had to be looking at but if you look at those 16 steps a lot of it was um, that we have a model law on a particular topic and we urge the states to actually look at mm-hmm. uh, it mm-hmm. and then follow these steps right so um, i think there's a there's a kind of for a lot of these topics we tend to look at the union government for uh, providing solutions but in fact it is the state government but we don't hold the state government accountable but if you look at you know there, there is a reflection very similar kind of reflection in the election cycle as well there's a disproportionate amount of influence and therefore i mean interest and therefore even voter turnout in the union uh, government uh, elections mm-hmm. uh, you know the general elections as against uh, state elections which is a lot lower and then municipal elections which is again mm-hmm. uh, minuscule so i think the the amount of importance that people give to the union government in india is extremely high mm-hmm. even though 
it might not really affect them in a personal way yeah and this the shift that we are saying about economic policy doesn't need to be decided in a budget should eventually flow to the states and our city level yeah. things it's not as if we should now focus on state <laughs> budgets instead of union budgets we should look look about state economic policy throughout the year yeah. right but yeah i mean the first step is at least look beyond the union government's budget right so yeah and in fact you were saying right even in this budget m- many of the announcements that are made at sector actually would require either state government implementation or state government or they are purely state government subjects yeah by some estimate i think according to dr govindra who's like one of our advisors uh, his estimate was that we spent about 60% of the the union budget speech mm. was devoted to topics which is not in the union list yeah right so that gives you an idea of how skewed this thing is right okay now let's go to the next point okay the big grouse i have is the budget is used to make those announcements and those often filter into this one statement right i give so much money to ministry of hrd this year etc so those are the budgeted estimates for the next financial year now those make sense if by the end of that financial year the numbers actually are somewhere around that ballpark number yeah. but do they no i think the, <laughs> there's a difference in the outlay and then final expenditure that's mm. a one big difference and second um, i think i mean if you looked at this particular uh, budget if i'm not mistaken the amount that was um, allocated to education the ultimate expenditure was about only 55% of what was budgeted mm. for which was announced in the previous uh, yeah, year i think budget. the utilization for yeah. many of the central government schemes like uh, you had some samagra shiksha abhiyan and all was quite low yeah so that gives you that big uh, difference in the estimate now which means you know you could be really clever about it and give really huge numbers in the budget speech and then the actual realization could be something entirely different but that will come out as a fine print later on in the budget document saying actual expenditure versus revised estimate yeah. yeah so that's why i say even if you're interested in the budget don't look at the budgeted estimates column for the coming financial year look at the revised estimate for the last financial year and the actual for the last to last and compare what the difference is and the difference is significant we've done that exercise because there's no one to prevent the government from not doing this right <laughs> like they can make great announcement i have budgeted 40000 crores and then eventually just give 30000 crores and uh, yes you are not going to check that anyways because next year you are worried about the next year's budget yeah. right yeah. Uh, next year's budgetary estimate so that's where we have to shift our focus to yeah i think on a similar note do you think the same thing applies equally for receipts as well right uh, because everything even the expenditures are based on how much you collect money i mean as, as so that you fiscal deficit doesn't go out of the way yeah. uh, and so you you know project a certain amount of receipts for the coming year and that receipts are projected based on an estimate of your nominal gdp growth and that nominal gdp growth projection could be completely off the mark uh, and as it just happened in the previous year for example the projection of nominal gdp growth was 12% whereas the actuals was about 7.5% yeah that's a quite a big difference yeah. which means tax collection would have been far far lower than what they projected for and therefore the amount of money they actually had in order to spend was far lower than uh, than what they projected so in that sense you find uh, that circle and it starts with probably miscalculating or misestimating either deliberate or well uh, unintentionally of your nominal gdp growth. no absolutely see revenues are overestimated expenditures are underestimated, underestimated. that's a very common thing to find and 
that's why I was saying like these numbers don't have a sanctity. In fact, a reform that would actually get us to uh, a better place is if we have an independent fiscal council or uh, a central budget office like exists in US or Australia, which does this analysis, yeah. you know, that this was your estimated revenue and actually you fell short by this these many percent. And how, what was the trend over the last 15, 20 years? Yeah. Uh, I mean, measurement is the first step towards reform, right? We are not even measuring that currently. Yeah. Uh, similarly, on the expenditure side, you know, this is what you would promised over the last 15-20 years and this is what your delivery has been if we have those things in place there is attention to that then the weightage we should give for budget numbers will increase but yeah. currently there is no check on this so you yeah. can use to budget uh, the pulpit to announce new schemes and you allot some marginal amount of it for example just take Ayushman Bharat right last year and all it was big fanfare there was a lot of talk about it but the actual allocation from the announcement to the actual budget uh, sh- uh, sheets that you see was just around 4,000 crores or something. Yeah. In fact, it, uh, uh, again, Pranay, I, I was subject to that torture of listening to the two and a half hour speech by mm. uh, our finance minister this time. And I found that there was a lot of policy announcements without even a nominal announcement of the allocation. Mm. Forget about, you know, the allocation itself not coming too later on, but there was a lot of policy announcements mm. without even an allocation uh, and a number put next to it. So it that is even more arbitrary in nature and uh, unaccountable in nature. So you can just announce policy schemes. You don't even have to mention how much money you're allocating towards that scheme. Mm. And you can pretty much get away with it because ne- by next year, everyone's all uh, forgotten about it. <laughs> yeah. One last point. Okay. So this idea is about fiscal deficit. So that's a number which we talk about a lot in leading up to the budget and even after the budget. But what sanctity does that fiscal deficit number even have? And given that, again, there is no fiscal council to police this. So we've seen, we've discussed about how various types of creative accounting exercises are done. And you've talked about off-budget financing, how the government's PSUs are actually used to bail out some of the things. And, you know, so NABARD, you, the NABARD's money being used to bail out some other agricultural schemes. And then we say that, you know, our fiscal deficit has been contained, yeah. right? So the uh, fiscal deficit numbers are getting into the territory of, you know, Chinese numbers. Hmm. Unfortunately, I think that's the comparison that's being made because the sanctity of the fiscal deficit number is is completely off the chart. The estimate is that, you know, they've, they've said it's 3.8% of GDP, but most analysts would easily add about 1.5% at the least to account for all these off-budget uh, financing methods. Uh, as you said, one PSU buying something else of another PSU, calling it divestment, adding it to the revenue. You know, you can't have one government-controlled body purchasing another government-controlled body mm. and then uh, calling it as divestment. It's it's not the case at all. So, and there's lots of things. FCI, for example, doesn't pay uh, on time, just waits until the budget session is over. Uh, you don't do GST uh, uh, refunds, all of these things. Right? It's all really shaky territory. Yeah. Uh, but because of all of these things, your budget numbers and the fiscal deficit number that's put out seems like almost palatable, whereas the actual numbers are, are really something else. And then you have to rely on independent scholars' estimates of what the actual number might be. And that actually adds even more kind of confusion and a lack of trust among investors because, you know, fiscal deficit is taken as a serious indicator for the health of the economy on various counts. I mean, if you're going to lend, for example, to the government of India, then you need to 
know what the fiscal deficit numbers are. So in the long run, you might have a situation where investors lose confidence. You could have a downgrading in terms of credit rating for the Indian government, which means interest rate will spike and then borrowing costs will go up and it can have very serious repercussions. But I don't think we're taking it that seriously enough. One more uh, reason, uh, Anupam, we should talk about is the way creative accounting is done was the simplest sleight of hand which is pulled is you don't pay the companies which they deserve in this financial year, right? So you just delay payments to, let's say, you have to pay uh, FCI, Food Corporation of India, for the subsidies. You just say, I will pay you on after April 1st, right? And during that time, it actually borrows the money because to make this deficit. So you have actually led to a worse of outcome because their interest (laughs) rates are going to go high. Absolutely. Right? So that is a sleight of hand which is put. Now that happens because our budgeting system overall is also just cash accounting right so we are just talking about in this year how much money came in and how much money came went out of the government so if this budget is moved to an accrual accounting system i think we should pay more attention to it but currently as a cash accounting there are lots of things that can be done yeah an accrual accounting system will actually solve a lot of these problems that we are talking about because you know with a basic double entry bookkeeping system the the uh, like your balance for our listeners like the balance of payment which is essentially a double uh, entry bookkeeping system mm. the same way if we move to our uh, uh, budgetary accounts as well onto a similar standard you can solve a lot of these problems yeah right so thanks anubam uh, glad that we discussed this and i am hopeful that our listeners will in the next budget, spend their time doing something, something better and the opportunity cost of watching the budget is high. <laughs> so yes, don't expect great announcements during the budget. Economic policy is done throughout the year and not during the budget session. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Pranay. Thanks. If you liked our show, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can tune into them on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow IVM on social media. The handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle at takshashilainst or our website takshashila.org.in. Hey, hey, it's been another great week on the IVM Podcast Network. On All Things Policy, Ananya Desai and Rohan Pai discuss recurrent bans on fireworks during festive seasons in India and discuss possible solutions to tackle India's air pollution problem. On the Habit Coach Podcast, Ashton Doctor welcomes Sahil Mehta, an esteemed mountaineer and author of the book Break Free. Sahil shares a transformative experience which became the catalyst for embracing discipline and fulfillment. The episode explores the profound impact of vulnerability on personal growth. Folks, if you like our shows, do spread the word. Tell your friends and don't forget to rate and review them wherever you're listening to them. Follow us on social media. We are IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. You'll also find all our shows on YouTube at youtube.com slash Podcasts. And finally, we would like to thank our sponsors this week. Omidyar Network India, Abbott, IDFC First Bank and Save Life Foundation. Thank you for making this possible.